circumstances, a mysterious man by the name of Quackenbush is found dead in an airplane that he had chartered to fly from Kansas City to Boston. Jimmy Allen, who piloted the plane, was the only other person in the ship during the tragic flight. The young pilot believes that his passenger committed suicide, but a government agent assigned to investigate the matter holds Jimmy for murder. The youngster has notified his great friend, Speed Robertson, but in the meantime is being held at the Cleveland airport. We find him now being questioned by the government agent, Mr. Haley, and Mr. Henshaw, an airport official. Now, look here, young man. That story of yours won't hold water. This fellow Quackenbush was killed, shot through the head, and you were the only person in the plane with him. I know that, Mr. Haley. I, I'll admit it looks very damaging. I wasn't in that passenger cabin from the time the ship took off at Kansas City until I landed here. All right. Just how do you explain what happened then? Well, I just can't explain it. It's a terrible thing, and I just don't know how it happened. Are you absolutely certain, Haley, that Quackenbush couldn't have killed himself? Oh, there's absolutely no doubt about it. I've been cases like this for a good many years, and there are always certain telltale bits of evidence which indicate suicide. Yes, now, just a minute. If Quackenbush killed himself, where's the weapon? Well, it, it might have fallen out of the ship. In the position in which he was sitting? Impossible. It looks mighty strange, I'll have to admit. Another thing. You say the man was very anxious to get to Boston. Yes, that's true. In fact, he was so anxious that he hired a special airplane to get there. I know. All right. You suppose a man who you admit was very anxious to get to Boston would hire a special airplane in which to bump himself off? Well, it's... Oh, I don't know, Mr. Haley. I can't make head or tail... Say, wait a minute. There's a ship coming in now. A first speed Robertson. Sure it is. That is speed. He got down here in a hurry. He came down on my monsoon racer. Do you expect this fellow Robertson to throw some light on the case? Oh, I'm certain he can. He's bringing with him all the information he could get on Quackenbush. Well, I hope he brings plenty. Because I'm trying to say, young man, you're in a tough spot. Can't you see that I wouldn't do a thing like this? That I couldn't? Well, I never saw this man before he got in the airplane. And that's your story. Mr. Haley, that's the truth, and I can prove it. Well, don't forget this, Alan. You're going to have to prove a lot of things. Young Alan has a very good reputation. I can vouch for that. So have a lot of other killers. You can't call me a killer and get away with it. Oh, so you're going to get rough, eh? Hey, Jim. Here, here. Oh, hello, Steve. Oh, gee, I'm glad to see you. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. Take it easy now. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, hello, Hanson. Glad to see you again. I take it you're a speed robot, eh? That's right. Well, my name is Haley. I'm with the Bureau of Investigation. Glad to know you, Haley. Now, what's all the argument about? Well, I guess you know what happened down here. Yes, a very tragic occurrence. Do you have any idea why Quackenbush killed himself? Killed himself? <laughs> that passenger of yours was murdered, Robertson. Murdered? Who killed him? I have a sneaking suspicion one of your pilots did the job. You mean... You mean Jimmy Allen? <laughs> oh, let's not be funny at a time like this, Mr. Davis. Do you think I'm trying to be funny? 
When I was indicted for murder, you may not take it as a joke. Come, come now. Let's use some sense in this matter. It's a terrible thing. I know a tragic matter. After all, Haley, Jimmy Allen is not a murderer. All right. You tell me what happened up there in that airplane. I don't know what happened. That's what I came down here to find out. I'm representing National Airways. And they'll put the entire resources of the greatest airline in the world behind our efforts to solve this mystery. Let's get started on the right foot. That's just what I want to do. Okay. Now, tell me, what evidence is that up? The evidence I have shows clearly that Quackenbush was killed with a large caliber bullet. He was shot through the head. The weapon was not found in the cabin, and there are no evidences of powder burns or other marks which would indicate that it was suicide. Yes, very strange. Jim, how do you explain it? I have no idea, Steve. I didn't see Quackenbush in the time he took off until I landed. And I saw or heard nothing that was at all suspicious. Now, look here, Robertson. Hope someone is hidden in the cabin of that ship. Done the job and then jumped out with a parachute. Hey, George, that's an idea. Oh, no, no. That would have been impossible. It's a small cabin job with no place where anyone could have hidden. I helped Quackenbush in the ship and know that he was the only person in the cabin. Yes, sir. What were you able to find out about him? Well, very little, I'll confess. When Quackenbush bought the ticket on our airline, he gave his address as the Columbia Athletic Club in New York City. Yeah, I found that guy among his belongings. I talked to the manager of the club and learned that Quackenbush is a bachelor. And so far as he knows, he's been a very quiet, almost secretive man. With apparently no close friends, and so far as we've been able to discover, no relatives. Oh, one of those kind of fellows, eh? Apparently the man had an independent income, because the manager of the club said he had no place of business, and yet always seemed to have plenty of money. What was he doing out in Los Angeles? Well, he'd been down to Panama. Took a boat from there to Los Angeles, and then started east on one of our ships. Yeah? Let's check for the information we've been able to get on him. He had a traveling bag with him when he boarded our ship at Kansas City. Have you searched that for anything that might throw some light on this matter? No, the bag's right here. Let's go through it now. That's the stuff. There must be something in there which will help us. Yeah, yeah, that's the bag. Here, let's get it up on the desk and have a look. Yeah, that's the idea. All right, there we are. Well, here's a shaving kit. Yep, nothing there. Some shirts and neckties. Ooh, what's this? Oh, a white linen suit. Yeah, here's a pair of pajamas. Hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Here's something. What is it? A slip of paper found in the pocket of this suit. Is there anything on it? A name and an address. Let's see. Ezra Whitcomb. Port Atlantic Street. Oh. Hmm. Is there anything else on it? No, not at all. Just a name and an address. This may lead to something, boys. You know he was headed for Boston. Maybe he was going to see that man in Boston. Maybe so, maybe so. Well... Not another thing in the bag. And did you find any papers on him that would help us? He had very few papers with him. A few membership cards and clubs, his airplane ticket, a couple of the steamship ticket, and a letter of credit on the New York Bank. Any money? Less than fifty dollars in cash. Look here, Mr. Haley. I think we've got to find out more about this man before we can discover the motive for what happened this morning. Yeah, you're right, Jim. It's rather strange that a man will have no business connections, no friends, no relatives, and yet apparently have plenty of money. I can't understand it, Captain. It looks to me like we're no closer to solving the mystery now than we were when the ship landed. I think I will have some interesting information for you in a few minutes. A government expert going over the cabin now for fingerprints. I think you're on the wrong track, Haley. In spite of all your experience with cases of this kind, I'm firmly convinced that you've made a bad guess on this one. It would have been impossible for that man to have been murdered. Yeah, you're right, Jim. He must have done it in such a way that the weapon fell out of the ship. Hey, George, that's tough. As I recall it now, the window he was sitting next to was open. Oh, it was, huh? Well, that explains a lot of things. He must have held the gun in such a way that as it was fired, it dropped out the window. No, not a chance. He was trapped in the seat, and it's directly next to the window. There would have been unmistakable evidence had the gun been held that close to him. 
Well, what do you think happened up there in that ship, Eddie? I'll answer that in a minute. First, uh, I wish Mr. Hanshaw here would take Jimmy Allen to the next room and wait for us. I want to speak to you alone, Robert. Why, certainly. Come along, Jim. Okay. Uh, Hanshaw, tell my man to stand by, will you? I'll be with him in a few minutes. Very good. I'll tell him. Keep the old chin up, Jimmy. Everything's going to be okay. All right, please. Now, look here, Robertson. The more I get into this, the more I'm convinced that I've got a mighty tough case on my hands. Are you absolutely satisfied in your own mind that Quackenbush didn't kill himself? There's absolutely no doubt about it. He just couldn't have done it. The man was murdered, and get this, Robertson, it looks mighty bad for Alan. Oh, I know, Haley, but that's ridiculous. Jimmy Allen is no killer. I can tell that by looking at him. He has a wonderful record with our company. And besides... What movie did he have? Yeah, I know all that. I've done considerable checking on my own account. I know all about Alan and his good record. Our bureau chief of Kansas City gave me a complete report on him. And that's fine. That'll speak for itself. But if Alan didn't kill him, we've got to find the man who did. Now, just get this picture. Two men take off in an airplane. They fly nonstop from Kansas City to Cleveland. And when they get to Cleveland, one of them is dead. Yeah, I can't figure it out. Oh, I think that's for me. Haley talking. What? Nothing at all? Well, okay, I'll be over there in a little while. Well, our fingerprint expert found nothing at all in the cabin. But you know, Robertson, Alan could have been sitting in the pilot seat in that ship, swung open the door between the pilot's cockpit and the cabin, and fired the shot that killed Quackenbush. Oh, that's utterly ridiculous. It's possible, I'll grant you that. But you've got to establish a motive, Haley. Jimmy Allen had no reason to kill Quackenbush. In fact, you never even saw or heard of him five minutes before they left Kansas City. Oh, I like the kid's looks, and I think he's all right. But you take this evidence before a jury, and it's going to look bad for him. The thing for us to do is to find out who did the job. Now, look here, Haley. I have an idea. Give me 24 hours' time, and I think I'll dig up some information for you. As I told you a while ago, our company is backing me with their entire resource. All right. What is your plan? Well, I'd rather tell you that 24 hours from now. I just want to ask one thing. Okay. What is it? I want Jimmy Allen to help me on this. You want me to let Allen walk out of here scot-free? Say, Robertson, do you think I'm crazy? No, I don't. There's going to be a coroner's inquest on this tomorrow. I'll guarantee to have Jimmy Allen here for it. And if necessary, I'll put up a million-dollar bond. You've got a lot of confidence in that kid, haven't you? You bet I have. We've been through a lot together, and he's never let me down yet. Well, if you'll guarantee his presence at the inquest... Okay, right. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Jim. Jim, come on in here. What's the look, Steve? Anything new? Come over here, Jim. I want to talk to you. Oh, what's up? Come on. You're coming with me. Where are we going? We are going to Boston and talk to a man by the name of Ezra Whitcomb. Will Jimmy and Speed learn anything in Boston? Follow this thrilling mystery in Jimmy Allen's next Air Adventure.
This program has come to you through the facilities of the World Broadcasting System.